0: Um, uh, first of all, we'll, uh, definitely shout out all the, uh, the Patreons supporting this year. I very, very much appreciate that. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to any podcasts or whatnot, but that's like the first thing they do. So <laughs> I just, to be honest, I say very much appreciate everybody doing the, the Patreon thing. Um, very much appreciate it. Okay. We are going to do the first, uh, the first parak parakalif, like i said before we're going to try and do one parak per shear so we get a sense of moving uh and uh, kind of moving forward obviously as we pointed out the grower writes that the the words are very precise in the you could spend a lot more time on it but i think it's good for a summer shear it's definitely good to kind of move so we're going to move through hopefully cover the entire first parak. um and if you have the safer in front of you obviously that is definitely uh helpful uh but if you don't i will again i will try and paraphrase as much as i can and again, uh, you know, my, I was I learned this safer from of David Miller, so a lot of the things I'm saying is from him. But a, you know, a lot of things that uh, if it sounds familiar. So again, this is the basis of a lot of schmoozes that you get during the year. You'll see what I mean in a second. A lot of the schmoozes that you hear during the year uh, are based on this first paragraph of the Seals of Shoreham. So okay, without without further ado, uh, let's get into it. So just to read again, just to be a little bit text heavy at the beginning, just because you know it's the first paragraph. and That's that's the parak that's uh, I think everybody learns before they before they give it up um, yes we are recording it's a recording this year we'll we'll talk about where to upload this year afterwards because I feel like it's probably better to upload to other places um, okay vital uh, right I'm not gonna Read the text the entire time, but it's uh, to get that first paragraph, famous paragraph, out of the way. Basically, what is the war, What is the goal here? Right? What are we aiming for? Right? If, again, we pointed out last week: you need a compass, you need a map, you need to know what you're shooting for. If you don't know what the goal is in life, so then you have you're just walking around aimlessly. Right. So, what is Torah? What is this roadmap that is Kadosh Baruch Hu has given, us, Hashem, uh, Hashem D'rach, D'rach has given us the path so what is it so it says the Ramchal, we're going to start we're going to start by talking about that that a person has to figure out what is a person's job in this world what do we have to accomplish what uh, who created this world for us for us to go through it as we'll see in a second uh, and use it for a certain purpose uh, what is the purpose? Um, and again, I always like to point out that, uh, just to, if I can harp on the language for a second, and then we'll start moving. Chovatovah lamo. Ma That is in the singular. What is a person's obligation and job and duty in this world? That he writes it in the singular. Every single person here in this world, right on the Zoom and, and in the world, has their own path, has their own goal, has their own. Uh, Derech and the way they're going to be in the Kadashim It's going to be different for every single person. Right? Your strengths and your weaknesses and your background and your interests and your environment and your friends, all of those things come out and create a different person than everyone else. That's why we have different faces, etc. For each one of us, the answer is going to be different. But what we share is the fact that we are supposed to use the Torah and Mitzvos to guide us along that path and make the decisions that we're supposed to make right everybody else has everybody has their own uh, or their own their own kind of maslul, as they say in Hebrew everyone has their own path but but basically we're going to use these principles and hopefully we can all c- kind of choose along the same lines okay now it says just to read one more paragraph and then I'll, I'll, I'll try and uh, lay off the text he says what, what our sages have told us? Fascinating. If I would stop you on the street and say, what is the purpose of creation? Why did God put us here on this earth? We might say something fluffy about spirituality or neshama or tikkun olam or whatever. Says the Ramchal, our purpose, the Kosh Baruch, put on this world to enjoy. To enjoy ourselves. That's what he writes. Now, the way to enjoy ourselves truly... He says in the next line, the next few words, That is the true enjoyment. The greatest joy, the greatest simcha that you can find. And then he lays the hammer, drops the hammer. Drops the hammer and says, oh, by the way, the place you can experience this tremendous enjoyment and joy and simcha and pleasure is not this world. It's the next world. That's how Akash B'ruah designed the world, meaning that there is definitely someone in this world, definitely, but it's like comparing, uh, you know, a, a ten-pound steak to chicken nuggets. Right? That's that's the comparison between the, the pleasure in the next world and and this world. Right? We're in this world, and, oh, so, so okay. So so he says in the next paragraph again. not to read the whole thing, uh, but. Basically, he explains that this world is, therefore, a famous line, therefore, is a, this world is a prose door to the next world. That's the Mishnah Perkei Avos. That this world is a corridor to the next world. Uh, and the way we're supposed to, basically, we're supposed to use this world to acquire the goodness and the pleasure and the enjoyment that Kosh Baruch is going to give us in the next world. Hashem could have just given it to us. Kosh Baruch is a Metiv. He basically created the world to give goodness to us. But in his ultimate wisdom... He understood that for us to really acquire it, for us to really experience it, for us to really accomplish it, so we have to earn it. We can't just give it, right? Again, you guys know, know all the muscles, you guys know all the all the examples, right? You you earn The money that you earn or the things that you earn in your life are much more dear to you than the things that you were just gifted. Right? And that is the same idea with this tanub, with this ultimate pleasure. Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to earn it, wants us to be ours. And he says, the only place we can earn it is this world, and how do we earn it in this world? That's the mitzvot. That's the mitzvot, and that's the only thing that accomplishes what we're trying to accomplish. Again, we've talked about mitzvot before very quickly, is that it's basically, as he'll explain in a second, the Ramchal will explain in a second, that mitzvot are basically a barometer between good and evil. The mitzvot are a definition of what is good. A our definition of what is evil. You can get lost trying to figure out what is good, what is evil. There are logical mitzvahs, illogical mitzvos. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. The mitzvos are our barometer. The to- Torah is our barometer. And that is how we're supposed to choose. Therefore, I'm just going paraphrasing. A man is put into this world. And through the physical world that are that are given to him, he's able to get to the goal, to get to the place where akash Baruch Hu is building for him, which is the next world. And then he will have a kanolo, he will as he will have acquired all the goodness in the next world, right, through through the things that a koshboyhu uh gives us. Um, fine. So again, whatever muscle you want to use, the, the boat that gets you across the river, the car that drives you down the highway, that is this world. The mitzvos are the car or the engine that makes it go, and that's how we get into the next world. Okay. If you're in the the green, I have the green field line. If you're in that one, I'm still on page, still on the first page. When you look and check out, you dig deeper. David HaMelech says, he quotes a couple of psukim here. One in Zehilim, both of them in Zehilim. Says David HaMelech, for me... Clinging to a Baruch Hu is what's good. Now, my Rabbi Ruth Miller felt that that was not a subjective statement. It wasn't David being like, a bunch of dudes like to chill at the bar, a bunch of dudes like to chill at the beach, I like chilling with God. That's not what David was saying. It says my, my Rabbi said that David was making an objective statement. A little bit difficult to read because he says ani for me, but he, I think he means the ultimate ani for us. Right? When he says li, the ultimate li, meaning the, the colloquial we, what is it? The collective we, we, whatever you know what I'm saying, that you saying that good is defined as kirva kin, and he says again also a puzzle that you're familiar with. Hashem also avakei shifty beveis Hashem kolim mechayayi koshbar who put me in Hashem's house my entire day, my entire days. Right, that's what is good. That's how you define good. Right? he's not uh, trying to say that that's my opinion. He's trying to define what's good, and uh, and 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 the mitzvahs are how we acquire this closeness to a gosparu. Right, and then he says that a person has to put an effort. Uh, the next paragraph, again, if I'm on page test, if you're following along, the tzara agra. Basically, the Ramchal is saying that according to a person's efforts uh, is going to be the reward. It's not the accomplishments. Don't get, don't make that mistake. A lot of people think. Let's just take learning as an example. Uh, don't don't think that learning, let's say, a hundred hours, is going to be necessarily better than learning 10 hours. right? For someone who can learn 100 hours, they need to learn 100 hours, but someone who is unable to learn that much, and for them, 10 hours is tremendous effort and toil and focus, so that 10 hours is worth a lot more than someone who can just breeze through and, and, and loves learning for whatever for 100 hours. Now, obviously, right? Just, just the 100 hours is very valuable. I'm not trying to rip on people who sit and learn uh, all the time, but it's it's based on efforts, and that's what, again, we started with, that. This goal and this path is different for everybody depending on their strengths and weaknesses. Right? Some people are academics. And they can sit and plow through text and, and learn all, study all this stuff. God bless them. But they have a higher threshold, meaning that they will be expected, quote-unquote, to learn longer, learn more. For someone who hates text, is unable to read, and, and, or not, or not, or not illegible, but, but hates reading and hates focusing, so for them to learn 10 hours is a tremendous accomplishment. It goes it goes based on effort. Right? It goes based on the fumtara Agra, and that's uh, how, how much we have to overcome. He's gonna, we're going to get off learning and we're going to go into a couple of examples of mitzvos and stuff like that. But basically, the more effort a person puts in, that's, and the more they're able to overcome, that's what we're talking about over here. We're not talking about like a laundry list of checking off uh, necessarily accomplishments. Okay. But, says the remchah. Now, switching gears a little bit. If you're in the book, I'm on page test in the third paragraph. The way this world works, and again, you've heard this in Sem, but I'm, it's literally the first parak in 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 uh, Sishar. The way this world works, that a Baruch put us into a world with not limitations but obstacles that are come in the way of spirituality. Meaning, we would not have free will if the quote unquote evil or the distractions weren't equally as attractive as the good right if you're telling me all if you do all this stuff you'll get an incredible endless enjoyment and pleasure great sign me up why don't we do that why don't we all do that because of gosh put us in a physical world and the physical stuff has a lot a lot of uh you know has a lot of attractiveness um and that is by definition it has to be how it is because otherwise there'd be no bechira there'd be no free will right that's how the world works in addition says Reimkhal, the way Kosh baruch Hu had to set up the world was that those physical things drag you away from a Kosh Right? when a person gets stuck and focuses on the physical and focuses on the distractions in this world in the physical and in, in the olam so the person falls away from Kosh baruch Hu. when you're able to overcome and overcome those distractions, so then you get closer. That's literally a sliding scale, right? Uh, Rabbi Kiva Tats talks about that in the first parak of first parak, the first chapter of Thinking, Teaching, you just got to Life. Okay, fine. And so Rabbi Chal, then just clarifies again in the middle of the paragraph. So therefore, everything in this world is a test, is a test and a way to acquire the goodness. That's what he says, he quotes Shlomo He says, okay, whether whether it's poverty on the one hand or wealth on the other hand, those are different, but they're both equally challenging. Obviously, if a person is poor, they don't know where their next meal is coming from, just to take a terrible example. So obviously very stressed, very difficult to choose good over evil. Conversely, when a person is wealthy, A different set of challenges, how they spend their money, how much tzedakah they give, uh, how they spend their time. They don't need necessarily to work so much. Maybe they have more time free for learning. So different set of challenges. It's not, neither is good nor bad. It's just there are different sets of challenges. Uh, And the question is how a person deals with that. A person has a a peaceful life or Rahman has a very difficult life. So it depends, right? All of it. Is, is a test in one way or another. And so he says a very powerful line at the end of this paragraph. Until you find that the war is on him, both in front and behind. It's literally a war every every single moment. And a person has no benizmanim. There's no break. There's no summer vacation. Uh, it, it Literally, eizu gibor throw Whoever, who is, a, that says in Per-Keyavos, who is a strong, someone who's overcomes the it's always, it's constant, and it never stops. Now, if a person is successful and is able to conquer and, and, and succeed, so then he will enter, enter the next world and cling to Hashem according to what they deserve. Right? But that all depends on a person's accomplishments in this world, and that's what he's trying to, to bring out. Uh, that uh, according to the level in which you overcame your yitzharah again not necessarily your accomplishments but the level the amount of ability that you had that you could overcome your yitzharah and your taifas and your desires and the and the fact that you were able to stop yourself from things that bring you away from a kodesh baruch Hu, that's what a person is judged by and that's what a person should put their goals on uh, when a person goes to bed at night so you should think right you should judge your day based on how you were able to, what you were able to accomplish in this, in this sliding scale, in this battle. You shouldn't think based on, you know, uh, uh, whatever. You, you know what I'm, talking, I'm trying to say. Okay. Vim tamik If you go even deeper, so he right, gets here into a little bit of Kabbalah. We pointed out yesterday that uh, the Ramchal was a tremendous, tremendous, uh, uh, Kabbalist is a bad word because there's baggage associated with that. But he, he knew, um, right, all this kind of Torah Sasod, all this type of secret stuff, Uh, And that his books were burned originally, and then he kind of scaled back the secrets. uh, And then, obviously, his his works were accepted by, uh, you know, by the entire, by all of of Am Yisrael. So here, he's kind of, he wrote in Derech Hashem a little bit more esoteric stuff, and Amchal is picking up at the end of Derech Hashem. So he's basically kind of delving into the secrets a little bit here. I don't understand them when I say the secrets. I definitely do not have a good grasp of them. But he's trying to explain over here, I'm just trying to paraphrase, that the world was created uh, in this manner, Um, that uh, when a person does good, the world and the upper spheres are lifted up. And when a person does bad, so the upper spheres of the world is... is, uh, is brought down a little bit, right? He quotes a Gemar and Chagiga, that when Akash Baruch Hu, uh, saw that the good light, that the light was good, he, he locked it away for the tzaddikim. Anyway, meaning that, that uh, the tzaddikim are able to access this uh, and, and you can literally, quote unquote, save the world, right? When you use the world correctly, right? We talk about tikkun olam, I think it's a phrase that's thrown about a lot uh, in the, uh, in America, at least, or definitely when I was growing up, for tikkun olam, you want to make, you want to fix the world. What does that mean? It does not mean that you want to, uh, I don't know, give out food handouts to the homeless on weekends. Now that's very nice, and I'm sure it's a tremendous chesed. But what we're talking about is on a much greater scale. The concept of tikkun olam is like a, like a spiritual, capitalistic type concept that when we use the physical world in the right way, so we the the that we give to the world, right, we keep the world going with our spirituality, but we impact the upper spheres. Okay, I, I'm saying words that I don't necessarily understand. I'll totally admit. Um, but that's at least what he writes, that's what Rav Chaim writes in Neve Shechaim, etc. Okay, let's, let's move on a little bit, uh, just because I do want to get to the end of the paragraph. Right, he talks about it. Adam Marishon was given one, miss, one mitzvah, um, and, uh, and obviously he blew it, but, but we are given many, many mitzvos, and that's what we should uh, use to kind of, kind of quote-unquote, fix, fix the world, right, to, to do Tikkun Olam. So, Kul in other words, let's, let's sum up for a second, bottom line, this world is a means to an end. It's a means to an end, and it's, it's something that we're supposed to use. Uh, he quotes a bunch of, a bunch of Mamari Khazal over here that the, the world is a corridor, uh, and today, uh, Gemara and, and Erevin, that we do the mitzvahs today, and tomorrow, we, meaning the next world, we get the reward. Uh, phrase in the Gemara Nevodazara, I think, that, uh, yeah, it's Gemara that Misha Tarach, Erev Shabbos, whoever works and prepares for Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, Will eat on Shabbos, meaning that if you do your work in this world, you get the world in the next world, right? And then okay, he quotes the a medrash about the this world being compared to the to the sea, and the next world oh is uh, usually it's the other way around. Okay, whatever. Anyway, fine. Vitir Bamis, Next paragraph. Um, and he proves now Rambam proves that this world cannot be the tachlis. This world it's impossible. It gives two proofs, logical proofs, why it can't be that this physical world is why we were created. It's impossible. He says, proof number one, um, that this world, again, unfortunately, we can see it every single day when we turn on our phones, that this world is Olam HaShekhar. It's a false, crazy, insane, Meshuggah-type world. Right? That's that's what he writes, and uh, he says, you know, just to quote Pazak and Tehillim, a person who lives 70-80 years, and virabam amal oven Right, and most of them right, are filled with, literally just translating, toil and anguish, whatever that means. But life is tough and short. Life is tough. This world is not, listen, it's fun. And if you have the proper mindset, the proper amuna and bitachon and Gosh baruch you can live an amazing life of simcha. But life is tough. Right, I remember I was, uh, was a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to Joe Rogan. I don't know if anyone really listens to Joe Rogan. But um, he had this guy David Goggins on. He was an ultra marathoner navy seal whatever so he didn't watch the whole thing but uh he had a fascinating line he said he said don't triple down on your strengths triple down on your weaknesses and what he meant was that most people just build their strengths the things that they're naturally good at and they don't necessarily accomplish something that is you know, let's say maybe a real true accomplishment. Now I'm not talking he's not talking about spiritually. He's talking about like I don't know I don't know what he's talking about. But but most people are afraid to deal with their weaknesses. And his point was that listen, life is tough. Nine, he says he says ninety percent of life is going to be terrible. I don't know, that's already exaggeration. I I think, you know, maybe uh, it's much closer to 50-50, 40-60, 30-70, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's a little bit too negative. But his point was that life is tough. And this world is not like, you know, you don't go through, you know, it's not 80 years of bliss. Bar HaShem, it should be with proper hashkafa, et cetera, with proper wealth, etc. But life can be tough sometimes. And taka, it can't be that a Baruch Hu, right, you don't find, just to paraphrase the Ramchal, you find one out of a thousand people that has pleasure and peace and, and relaxation. And even if you find one of those people, right, he, he lives you know, 50, 60 years and then he dies. That's, that's point number one. I mean, it can't be that the physical world here, there's no way. There's no way that the physical world here, which can be tough sometimes, uh, is, is the goal. Proof number two, and I think the better one. Uh, not that he needs my askama, is that if the man was created for this world, he would not have had a neshama. It says the only well, what could be the possible possible reason for a neshama? I mean, yeah, gosh, probably could created the world man however he wants. Why why is there a goof and a neshama? Right, if the this go- world was the goal, he could have just given us a body. Well, what do you need the neshama for? What do you need the chelak elokami Right, that's what that's. There's no way. I mean, that it must be says the Ramchal based on that. Uh, just to paraphrase a little bit uh, he says the neshama in some ways when we improve our neshama when we grow we're greater than the malachim the malachim are stagnant they don't grow they don't go up or they don't go down they have a fixed purpose they don't move but when we uplift our neshama we could be greater than the malachim um, and he says it's impossible that he compares the, the neshama to a princess who marries a villager the villager has you know what does he have he has meager pots and pans for him a feast is you know uh, a couple of eggs with his carrots at night. No matter what he gives the princess, the princess is not going to be happy. So it's the same thing with the neshama. The neshama in this world is a princess in, in, a, in a villager's house. There's no way that you can actually, actually, you know, make it happy. And therefore, Coach Baruch would not have given us a neshama if that was, the goal was just to enjoy ourselves phys- physically. So he said, then he writes over here, and very beautiful, that the, goal, the soul is basically a person's compass. This is what carries people... Right, through their this physical world. And you can know that because anytime you do something that you regret, right? You ever feel like you have some sort of like you give into let's say you give into your tzuhara, whatever physical pleasure you want to talk about, you guys can you know think about it in your head. Let's say you give it to your tzahara. You feel what do you feel afterwards? You feel gross, and it's not because that you wasted your time, you probably had a great time, honestly. But your neshama is able for whatever reason. I think this is true, and you could tell me if you know if I'm wrong. But I think the neshama knows that there is, and says the Ramchal writes this in a certain sense that the neshama serves as a, almost like a moral compass because the neshama doesn't get hana from this world. He gets hana from the rots Hashem, from the, from the mitzvot, from doing what you're supposed to do in this world and kind of shooting towards the next world. When you don't, when you give in, let's say, for whatever reason, for to the Yitzhahara, so you, your neshama lets you know. You almost, like, feel it inside. So that's, that says that Ramachal is another way you can know that this world is not the real, true goal. That it must be. It must be that there's something more going on over here. Um, and, therefore, and then he says, then he, therefore, he pivots, and he says that the... the um, Right. He has a very important line over here that kind of gets overlooked. Again, if we were doing the text, I would I would have everybody read it. But he says, I'm on page um, Daf Yud Beis, uh, if you have the green Feldheim, right, in the second paragraph towards the end. He says that it's important to note that um, not well, I guess it's really the whole paragraph over here, right? And that the mitzvos is what basically helps us get through this world, right? Is, is and he says that the Dikdukim, the details. Should you, should you do, right? It's crucial, the, the, the the what is it, the, not the devil's in the details, maybe that is the phrase, but the important is in the details, and he's going to explain as, as we go further through the saver, but the details are crucial, meaning we read very often, uh, kind of like, okay, there's a mitzvah to keep Shabbos, but we don't really focus on the details, he says, no, the details are crucial because they inform every single aspect of our lives, and right? the details, right, uh, there's literally a halacha for every scenario, almost that you find yourself in, in your life, and that's important in terms of the details. Meaning, there's no no such thing as kosher style. There's no such thing as half shadows. Right? You need to be accurate. You need to be fully engaged. Right? All the details in the mitzvot are important. Right? The mitzvot is what's crucial, and everything else is just noise. Right? That's the mitzvot are goals. That's goals. Nothing else is 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 important. Everything else is a way to either get to the mitzvot or take you away from the mitzvot. Right? Again, when you see, let's say, you know those, uh, you know those uh, those guys who run around with the pamphlets and say tzaddik, Tzadik, at least in Israel, I don't know. Usually they're Rabbi Nachman guys trying to get you, give them stock or whatever. But but the idea that they go run, mitzvah, here, come, come, give it stocker. You know, let's learn a halacha together. Those people sound insane. But they have the proper attitude. They're focused. Everything for, th- for them, the goal is the mitzvos, and everything else is the noise, right? They, that's if a person has to make a hundred brachos a day, right? That's the thing. So, how many of us, myself included, I'm definitely not. How many of us have a counter in their head, even a vague counter of how many brachos you've made today? None of us. How many does? How many people do that? Okay, so like, talk us. if. We were really focused on what we should be focusing on. That should be one of the things that are there. Now, obviously, that's not, you know, if you're working on still davening or kashras or, or whatever. So, obviously, that's low down on the list. But that's the idea, that we should live our life focused on mitzvos and everything, realizing that everything else is just a hechatimtza, as they say. It's just a way uh, to get uh, to the mitzvahs. Um, now, right, and again, that's, that's, why, and that's why people very often will ask, at least at the beginning of sem. They'll they'll ask. I understand. Why can't I just be a good person? Why well, I'm just gonna be an, I'm just gonna be a good person. I'm gonna give my tzedakah. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be a nice person. I'm gonna be nice to people. Why do I need to do mitzvot? Why do I need to learn the halachos? Because because that's not how it works, right? That's not how you get to the next world. The next world, the Kosh Baruch who told us to choose good over evil. Mitzvot are the good, right? That's the definition of good. It's in economy. It's a mitzvah to be nice to people. That's fine, but that's like paying for a car with rolls of toilet paper. Like the toilet paper, I guess has some sort of value, but you're not buying a car with it. Like it's, you're not getting the ultimate pleasure. It's so you could be a nice person, and you should be a nice person. But the mitzvot and the halachos are, are, are the are the vehicle and the the you know the, the way that you get to the next world. And got the the, the are not so many. Uh, we the, it's a little bit overwhelming. I think uh, I think the Chavitz Chaim writes that it's like it's only like 200 of them that are applicable nowadays that uh, Once you get past all the stuff in the base, Amikdash, so, and all that other stuff. So anyway, so, so the details are important. So the, detail, the details are important, um, and the purpose again, he summarizes again the Ramchal here I'm at the bottom of a page of the base. If you're there, uh, he summarizes that the mitzvos are to help us overcome challenges. That everything else in life is a challenge, uh, and our goal is to 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 pass that challenge. Uh, and the pleasures in this world are only there to help you and to help you grow. Again, there's nothing wrong. I'm not trying to say you have to live without any pleasure, obviously, to enjoy yourself on Shabbos, etc., etc., have a nice meal, I'll, you know, just to give one example, definitely, there's a Tanug, there definitely is a pleasure in this world, but it's, the whole point is to get us uh, to the next world, that we're able to, so that we're able to grow and, and use the things that Kosh Baruch will give us uh, for of Hashem. If you ever say the tefillah in Shema Kolenu for Parnasa, it says, please Hashem, give us Parnasa, so that we can do mitzvahs, learn Torah, and, and uh, I think... What's the last one i don't remember but that's the idea i mean that should be the goal the money should be a way to get to the goal uh, the job the the relationships that should be a way to get to the goal okay um, winding down towards the end over here um, one second right okay good now he says at the end now you should always be asking yourself um, what does what I'm involved in right now bring me closer or farther away to my goal right now that we have our goal that the goal is to use the mitzvos and to use the Torah in this world to acquire ultimate pleasure in the next world and that which is clinging to a gosh baruchos and now we know what our goal is the now everything we do in our lives we have to ask ourselves is this bringing me closer or farther away from our goal right? it Says It right nothing is neutral Nothing is neutral. If you decide that something is helping you get closer to your goal, he says, Yir dof run after it, and grab onto it, V'lo and do not let go. And if you decide that something is holding you back, so then, mimenu you should run away from it like you're running away from fire. I mean, again, that's what now. Again, that's dramatic. But a person should always be thinking about everything that they're doing. Is this college good for me? Again, know, this is a seminary schmooze, but it's literally from the Rambam. It's the first parakin in in Maseilsi uh, in, uh, in Is this college good for me? Is this guy good for me? Is this neighborhood good for me? Is this job going to be good for me? Is this school for my kids going to be good for me and them? Um, everything. Everything is, is got to be put into that questionnaire uh, and figure out if you think uh, you know it is, is good to. you. It is good for you. Um, now, um, after, Be- and th- that's what he kind of leads into the next paragraph. Again, this, as I said before, this is kind of a one, this this chapter kind of stands alone. The rest, if you look, flip through the rest of them, and right, he's going to go through all the midos that we're going to talk about. Right? The Zahirus, so the, if you look, the next, the next paragraph is explaining what it is, then there's acquiring it, and then there's keeping it. Um, and that's basically how he kind of like he stuff that right stuff Mafsiday M- 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 e things that okay but, but basically each uh, the paragraph the, the chapters are going to flow into each other meaning there are cha- chapters that have two three chapters on the same topic this is a standalone and if I would if I would if you would ask me which chapter should I review if I have time to or one chapter right, weekly it's the first one it's the first one. It, 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 this is, I think, the most obviously the most cru- most crucial chapter, um, and he basically says that this is uh, this is now that we've defined the purpose in our lives, right? Now we have to go figure out how to acquire them, uh, and he's going to go through all the middles. He lists them at the end. We don't need to list them over here, but we'll, you can look kind of peek forward and see what we're going to get to um, next time. Okay, now that we have our maps, now that we have our uh, our GPS, right now, sham we can go further and inquire and keep the. Uh, meadows that we're gonna that's gonna help us get to the next world and acquire the ultimate good all right great to see everybody um